This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock. I'm in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome, wherever you are, to a Monday morning wake-up call here on Sports Country Radio, the sixth day of March 2023. We just had our last weekend before Daylight Savings Time. Daylight Savings Time starts on uh, Saturday night slash Sunday morning. Uh, I always hate I love daylight saving time. I love the uh, the sun being up late, but I always hate that uh, that transition, that losing that hour of sleep. Not that I sleep much anymore anyway, but uh, anyway, welcome to the wake-up call. Uh, a beautiful day here in Hayesville. We're supposed to have a high temperature today of 75 degrees. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry for wherever you are. If you're up in the northeast, I know it's not going to be that warm. The people out in California buried under feet of snow. Good Lord. Uh, and... Uh, Crazy stuff going on with the uh, uh, airlines with turbulence. And uh, if you don't think that is directly the amount of turbulence and all the issues we have lately, if you don't think that's related directly to climate change, you need to do some more reading uh, because the uh, the turbulence in the sky seems to be getting worse and worse. And that's got to be it has to be uh, related to the changes uh, in, in temperature uh, around the globe. Um, so uh, <laughs> it seems like we start every uh Every show lately with the police blotter. This isn't quite the police blotter, but it's uh, another example of uh, people behaving badly. And uh, this one out of the NBA, John ja Morant uh, has left the Memphis Grizzlies after the bullet head went on Instagram Live uh, from a nightclub and was waving a gun around by his head on Saturday night. I mean, what, you know, uh, I, I don't, I, the level of stupidity with some of these people amazes me. And look, this kid's only 23 years old. All right, but he's, at 23 years old, you don't get a pass on stuff like this. It's not like you're 12. And this is a guy who is a father of a young daughter. And he's out at a club with a gun. This is the same guy that, you know, uh, had an issue where he he punched um, a fan, a teenage fan at a game uh, some time ago. He's he's had somebody else that was a friend of his come to a game and was firing or uh, was pointing a laser at somebody. You know, look, this guy is needs help. He's out. His life is out of control. And he's a father, which is frightening. Uh, so he is uh, gone from the Memphis Grizzlies. This is a guy, I mean, he's an all-star player. This isn't, you know, this is somebody that, you know, is is a big part of that team, of that organization. You know, look, um, Memphis is in a situation where they are in second place in the Western Conference right now. 
And yet one of their best players um, has left the team. And he could be facing a suspension from the NBA. We'll have to find out how they want to handle this. But here's the deal. There is a section in the collective bargaining agreement between the NBA and their union, the players' union, that outlines firearms and things of that matter. And it says that players are not permitted to possess a firearm or other deadly weapon Quote, this is directly from the collective bargaining agreement. Whenever a player is traveling on the N- on NBA-related business, whether on behalf of the player's team, the NBA, or any league-related en- entity. So he was in Denver for a game against the Nuggets. So if you read the, the CBA, he should not have had a gun. Regardless of whether he broke a law, that doesn't matter. In the CBA, it doesn't matter whether you committed a crime. It is simply you are not allowed to have a firearm when you are on NBA business. Um, and, you know, and again, this is a guy that, that has a history. So you have to wonder if the NBA will look at that and look at his other transgressions and say, Hey, we need to come down hard on this guy. You know, as I said, he's uh, he he punched a guy, a teenager, during a pickup basketball game, and he supposedly had a waist gun, a ba- a gun in the waistband of his pants at the time. A few days before that, he was supposedly threatened a mall security guard. And 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 I you know this wasn't Moran himself, but people that are his hangers-on, his his quote-unquote uh, entourage, were accused of threatening members of the Pacers' traveling party after a game in January. So this guy, his life is out of control. It sounds like he is hanging around with some people that probably are not good influences, and he is. And I can't repeat this enough. He is the father of a young girl. It's a hell of an example to set for your young child. So they, the Grizzlies and you know his coach, uh, Taylor Jenkins, at a press conference said, look, uh, that Morant is, you know, feels bad. Said he knows he's made some difficult decisions and poor choices. Oh, you think? But he said, look, uh, he said this is a tough time for a kid that's got to grow and get better, that he's got huge responsibilities, not just for the team, but for the city he plays in, you know, and, and, and the fact that he is the parent of a child and that he has got to be better. He's got to be a better human being. And he said, look, you know, deep down he thinks this is, he's a good kid. But he's, his life is out of control right now, and he needs to get it under control. And uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are on board with that. And, as I said, the NBA may force him to take an extended amount of time off. 
You know, with with all the garbage going on in this country right now with gun violence, with people, you know, all the mass shootings that we've had, and I'm not saying John Moran's going out shooting up people. I'm just saying with, with the gun safety right now and uh, gun rights and whatever you want to call it is such a hot topic in this country to have somebody casually waving around a gun in a nightclub where there's a lot of inebriated people. Not a good move. Not a good move. And and a little tangent here. I don't know if you saw this. John Stewart um, did an interview this past weekend with a guy who is a Republican um, member of the House of Representatives. Um, and uh, I think he's from Tennessee. And Tennessee just passed a law uh, basically outlawing uh, drag shows in public property in places where, you know, kids could could see it or have access to it, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and John Stewart said to this guy, you know, uh, we're worried about this. What's the biggest problem? What's the biggest threat to our children these days? And the, 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 the Republicans said, well, I know what you're going to say. It's gun violence. And John Stewart said, you're right. We've had so many kids killed in mass shootings, and yet rather than worry about that, you people are worried about whether somebody is dressing in drag, that that's a bigger threat to our, our country than the fact that people are getting, innocent people are getting shot up on a regular basis, right? I, and he's 100% right. And then you look at this thing with John Morant and you see how casually he's waving around a gun Holding it up next to his head. Hey, look at me. What an idiot. So, and, and he may indeed be a good guy down deep, but there's got to be an intervention somewhere, and somebody's got to get to this kid and say, hey, you know, relax. Make better choices and, and think before you do something stupid like that. So. Uh, that's number one, and uh, another. This is this is just another example of you gotta think before you speak. I I would like to think that Texas Tech coach, men's basketball coach Mark Adams, is not this stupid or is not racist or whatever it is you want to say because people are trying to paint him into something that he may not be. But Mark Adams has been suspended ahead of the uh, the Big 12 tournament coming up um, because of uh, some comments he made to a player. Adams was encouraging this kid to uh, to be more receptive to coaching, which is what uh, the, the statement from the university said. And he referenced Bible verses about workers, teachers, parents, and slaves serving their masters. Um, look, again, you are coaching a team full of black players. How dumb are you to make a comment like that? you got to think. 
you know, you and look, the the Bible is huge where I live. It, you know, I'm look, I'm in the Bible Belt. I'm down in the South, and you know, the, you can't throw a rock without hitting a church where I live. I live in a town of 750 people, and there are more churches here than uh, than you'll see uh, in a lot of places. But that's what it is down south. So there's a lot of people down here that that are really big into scripture, and, and which is fine. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not I'm not putting down religion or the Bible. And so, you know, if you want to, if you want to, uh, you know, find a way to uh, motivate a kid and you want to use scripture, there's got to be a better way than you <laughs> using a passage about slaves serving their masters to a black basketball player. Are you kidding me? Think. You're 66 years old. You're not a, you know, I mean, think. So he's been suspended. The, the and it's uh, there's no it, no uh, word on how long the suspension is. He's been had a written reprimand uh, put in his file. He's in it. Mark Adams is in his second year. Adams has been around a long time. He's had success. Um, you know, uh, they were supposed to uh, uh, be pretty good this year. In his first year last year, uh, they started. Uh, uh, they made the Sweet 16, but this year, year they started 0-8 in the Big 12. Uh, but they've rebounded. You know, they're 5-13 and 13 now. They're 16-15 and 15 overall. They are the ninth seed. they got to play West Virginia on Wednesday, but it's going to be without Mark Adams. And if you're Texas Tech, you know, and they make a big run in the tournament, maybe they've got a chance. Probably not. They're more likely to be an NIT team. But this is not, you know, and if you're the athletic director, and I know you've you've written them up and you've suspended them, but man, how far do you let this go? I mean, do you do you keep them? I mean, you, know, you hate to say that you know one stupid comment could cost the guy a job, but God Almighty, in this day and age, you can't be doing things. You just got to be smarter. And look, I had to learn that lesson the hard way. You know, in my younger days, I got myself in trouble by saying stupid things without thinking, or you know, you get you 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 get an email from somebody that's snarky, and you and you know, and some and it might be from a uh, somebody that uh, is higher up on the food chain, and you fire off a return email that's just as snarky, and then next thing you know, the <laughs> your boss is calling you in the office and you know, giving you a dressing down. I've made that mistake. I've gotten smarter as I've gotten older. I've learned that rule of before you press send on anything on the computer, take a breath, read it again, make sure that's really what you want to do, and think about the ramifications of what could happen if you do, if you do that. It's part of our. It's part of you know growth. We all have to learn those things. So Mark Adams has been suspended. He will not be there for that first game against West Virginia. Um, there is no word on whether he will be there if they win that game and go on to the next round or not. But, man, just dopes. Just dopes. There's no other way to put it. Um, so that's a, that's a, I think that's the – extent of our people behaving badly oh wait wait one more thing uh baseball 
And uh, we talked earlier uh, this year about Mike Clevenger, the pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, former pitcher for the Cleveland Indians and the San Diego Padres, um, signed as a free agent with Chicago and was accused by his uh, former partner and mother of his 10-month-old daughter of abuse. Physical, verbal, and emotional abuse. Uh, his partner, former partner claims that uh, he threw an iPad at her when she was pregnant, strangled her, threw chewing tobacco on their child. Not a good look for Mike Clevenger. And we talked about that, about, oh, Lord, you know, what's going to happen? And, you know, and the and Major League Baseball sent a press release out yesterday and said that based on an investigation that, uh, quote, included interviews of more than 15 individuals, in addition to Mr. Clevenger and the complainant, as well as a review of available documents such as thousands of electronic communication records, they've closed their investigation. He is not going to be uh, disciplined for any of this. Um, so, and and look, Major League Baseball has a history of shoot first, ask questions later. Anytime there has been a sniff of uh, domestic abuse or anything like that, they have been very quick on the trigger to put guys on administrative leave or or suspend them pending the results of the investigation to, you know, try to get out in front of this. The fact that they are not suspending him over this tells me that this is a classic he said, she said, and there is enough gray area here where Major League Baseball doesn't think there's enough evidence. And he's, and they even said at the end of this that barring the receipt of any new information or evidence that he's not going to be suspended. And as I said, with their history of shoot first, ask questions later, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna side here and say well then they've done the right thing it doesn't mean by the way that Mike Clevenger is suddenly some kind of angel there is obviously some issues but there were no criminal charges and Major League Baseball has determined their investigation says there's not enough there to suspend them so I'm going to take that at face value and say okay and and we'll move on but the origin, the initial reports that came out, as they always are, by the way, you know, because when you only hear one side of the story, when the story comes out and it's the the uh, the partner that is uh, alleging all these things, you always hear just that side of the story. Never sounds good. So you know, but it's it's the proverbial smoke fire argument, right? With all of these things. It may not have been exactly what she said. And in a lot of other cases with guys in Major League Baseball where there weren't charges filed or charges were dropped, there it may not have been exactly what was alleged, but there is a problem. We've all been in relationships that are difficult. But the difference is and and you know is saying things to each other, you know, or saying things to hurt each other and God knows I've done that. You get angry, you say things you shouldn't say. 
Um, you know, that's a far cry from putting your hands on a woman or throwing things at a woman or doing anything physical, physical violence. And Major League Baseball has determined that Mike Clevenger, there's not enough evidence that he actually did do that. So he gets the benefit of the doubt, and we move on. Uh, but that is going to follow him. It'll be the albatross around his neck. He is going to, uh, he's going to hear it everywhere he goes. Right, every ball, every visiting ballpark he goes to, that's going to be part of the the conversation now. But you know, it it is what it is, and uh, th- this is obviously not a. Uh, didn't reach to the level of, of uh, a Trevor Bauer thing where he was suspended for so long and there were there was actually a real uh, chance that he was going to be arrested. And he never was, but there was a real chance. And he's being sued civilly. Um, but that doesn't – the fact that Major League Baseball has reinstated him does not suddenly make Trevor Bauer Mother Teresa. Same thing here with Mike Clevenger. So – all right, let's get to actual sports. That's always a good thing. Um, if you are a uh, fan of uh, the UConn women, you're breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief. Now, they, they will be in the Big East Championship game tonight against Villanova, 7 o'clock. Um, a Villanova team that beat UConn earlier this year. But you have to be breathing a sigh of relief just based on their performance in the first two games of this tournament. UConn absolutely dismantled the first two teams in this tournament. They looked like the UConn of old, right? They looked like the team that was uh, that started the season before all the injuries took hold. And AZ Fudd was back out on the court for both games this weekend. You had to feel good about that. Um, so, uh, you know, look uh, – she played 16 minutes on Saturday, had 10 points, played 21 minutes yesterday. Uh, looked confident, didn't look like uh, she was hesitant at all, but they absolutely dismantled Marquette uh, yesterday. And they will move on to play Villanova. Uh, and uh, look, you know, this is uh, – there's other people that hate the UConn. The UConn women are the equivalent of the New England Patriots in football for some people, you know, or – uh, the way the Dallas Cowboys are being, or the New York Yankees, the teams that always win. It's a team that you root against because they win all the time. But they've advanced to a conference title game for the 19th consecutive season. That's just ridiculous. And trying to win it for the 10th year in a row. The last time they didn't reach a conference final was all the way back in 2004 when they got knocked out of the Big East tournament by uh, Boston College. Uh, so, anyway... Uh, at the end of the day, uh, UConn rolls. They'll play tonight, and uh, you're feeling better. If you're a fan of the UConn men, you're feeling better. They may be one of the hottest teams in the country right now. They closed out the regular season uh, by uh, by beating up on a Villanova team, uh, and uh, they head to the Big East tournament this week on Wednesday, and uh, they will play against number five seeded Providence. Uh, on Thursday, um, and look, UConn right now, when the when the polls come out today, they're probably going to be 10, 11, somewhere like that. 
Uh, if they can make a run in this tournament, if they win the tournament, they'll be a number two seed in the NCAA tournament coming up. Right now they're projected to be a four seed. Uh, but a great performance yesterday. Jordan Hawkins, uh, 24 points. Uh, Alex Caravan, uh, 16 points. UConn was just dominant. You know, and uh, again, so if you're a UConn uh, basketball fan, men or women, you're feeling really good. If you are a fan of the University of North Carolina, my home state team here, uh, you are not feeling very good. North Carolina set history, the wrong kind of history, this weekend. They became the first preseason team, the first preseason AP number one team to lose 12 games in a season when they got beat by Duke. Uh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, and unless they go on some kind of a, and it, miraculous is probably the right word, a miraculous uh, spurt in the ACC tournament, they will become the first AP preseason number one team to not even qualify for the NCAA tournament. Right now, they are projected to be one of the first four teams out, so they're not even technically on the bubble. So they are uh, – look, their first-round game in the tournament, that's great. They'll probably win that. They, they're they the number seven seed. They have to play either Boston College or Louisville on Wednesday. But both those teams stink. BC's 15 and 16, Louisville's 4 and 27. So even if they win that game, that's not going to mean anything to the tournament committee. You know, uh, they could potentially get a game against the conference number two seed, Virginia, in the quarterfinals if they get that and win – then that'll open up some eyes. And North Carolina actually did beat Virginia earlier this year. Matter of fact, it was just a couple of weeks ago, back on February 25th, uh, beat them by eight. So, uh, but they're going to have to do that. But that is, you know, if you're, if you're a North Carolina fan, uh, you are not very happy right now. And Duke sweeps the regular season series, uh, and they held North Carolina under 60 points in both those meetings this season, it's just the second time they've done that in the last 50 years. It's unbelievable. So uh, things not going well right now for the University of North Carolina men's basketball team. 30 minutes past the hour. We've got to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 33 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. Um, uh, spring training baseball yesterday. The Red Sox stay undefeated in spring training. God, if we could only figure out a way to count these games in a regular season, it would be great. Uh, the Red Sox come back to beat the Miami Marlins yesterday. 4-1, to not that it means a lot, but they come back and uh, they score some runs late. Um, Dave Hamilton, a double to right, uh, scored a couple of runs, and uh, the Red Sox come back. They are 6-0-3 in spring training games. But the game that everybody wants to look at is today. Chris Sale makes his return to the Red Sox mound after <laughs> the aborted attempt to come back last year that ended with the fractured finger. And, then of course, he gets in a bike accident. And, I mean, just uh, unbelievable. So he will be back on the hill today um, when they take on the Tigers at 105. The game is actually on Nesson. Uh, so every eye that uh, of everybody around the league will be on that one today to see w what Chris Sale has uh, left. And I know it's early. We don't want to get too excited. Uh, Corey Kluber made his second start for the Red Sox yesterday in spring training. He was shaky. 
Didn't allow any runs in two and two-thirds, but he allowed a couple of hits, walked a couple of guys. But that's kind of what Corey Kluber is. Corey Kluber doesn't throw 97 the way he used to. Now Corey Kluber is, you know, a guy who throws in the low 90s. He pitches to contact. Uh, generally will not walk a lot of guys. Uh, you know, he's going to allow his share of base runners. He's going to rely on his defense behind him, which, you know, in the last couple of years that hasn't been great. But, you know, and you worry about that left. There's no question that you worry about that left side of the infield. Kike Hernandez has looked pretty good at shortstop uh, in in spring training so far. Rafi Devers looks like he's better at third base. Uh, look, I, I've, you know, I take it with a grain of salt when I listen to uh, the games over the weekend and I'm listening to Tom Caron, who's doing play-by-play, uh, which, by the way, Tom Caron, much better as a studio guy uh, than he is doing play-by-play. But having said that, uh, he and Kevin Euclid were there, but they're, they were extolling how great Rafi Devers is and now saying that you know he's turning himself into an elite third baseman. Uh, I think we want to hold off on that. And he was better last year. There's no question. But, you know, Rafi Devers is not a gold glove third baseman. Now, if he becomes, if he turns himself into one, good for him. It'll be one of the greatest transformations in the history of baseball because he looked like a butcher for a good part of his career. He's, and it's not to say he's not athletic. He can make, you know, some great plays, but he can also, you know, butcher some, some easy plays. But, you know, so there's some concern for that left side of the infield. You know, Christian Arroyo turned out to be a pretty good second baseman. Uh, the guy that came up as a shortstop, he's been serviceable at second base. Trevor Story, if he didn't get hurt last year, would have been a gold glove second baseman, I think. So, you know, and, and you worry about the outfield and, you know, their ability to break in on balls because uh, Masataka, the guy that they got from Japan in left fielder, is supposedly grades out as a below average left fielder. You got Adam Duvall in center field who has a handful of games there in his career. He's not a career center fielder. So you worry a little bit about the defense because Corey Kluber is going to need his defense to be good behind him. But be that as it may, the good news is is it looks like Corey Kluber is exactly who he was last year. He's at least one of the guys we don't have to worry about in the rotation. I think he's going to be able to uh, to give you the innings that you need. We saw Nick Pavetta pitch over the weekend. He was a little bit shaky, but Pavetta's another guy that's just going to take the ball every fifth day, and he's going to be fine. The guy that impressed me yesterday is a guy that is probably going to be a big part of who the Red Sox are this year. Cutter Crawford pitched uh, three perfect innings of relief yesterday. He struck out three guys. Um, Look, uh, Crawford, you look at his numbers last year, they weren't great. Right, he had an ERA of like five and a half in in twenty one games, made twelve starts, but he did have a stretch uh, where he pitched uh, to an ERA of about uh, two and a half over thirty four innings. He looked really good, held opponents to a, a batting average of just over two hundred, struck out thirty two in thirty four innings. You look at that stuff and you go, "Who, you know, this guy could perhaps really help us." Well. He's going to have to help the Red Sox at least early in the season because James Paxton, who made his first start trying to come back, as who really hasn't pitched much in the last four years, uh, has a grade one hamstring strain, is going to be shut down for a little while. The Red Sox aren't too concerned about it. They don't think that it's bad. Um, but 
you know, here we go. And, and it's, it's what I've said. I was optimistic about the Red Sox, but they have to be healthy. Right? So Chris Sale is another piece of that having to be healthy thing. And we'll find out a little bit more about that today. We did find out that uh, Garrett Whitlock is not going to be ready for the start of the season. And it seems like, it sounds like that was kind of the plan all along. It's not really what the Red Sox were telling people, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Adelboro Mondesi, the guy that they, uh, uh, former Royal, that's uh, going to be one of their infielders and will push Christian Arroyo at second base and gives them a another option at shortstop with Kike Hernandez if 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 it turns out that Adam Duvall is not working out well in center field um he's going to be undergoing some testing today he may be getting closer to coming back so uh, we'll see the Red Sox have lost some players Jaron Duran and Alex Verdugo uh both left the team yesterday to uh join Mexico for the World Baseball Classic which starts on uh, Wednesday by the way uh one of the pools starts on Wednesday and I can't remember which one it is. I think it's the one that includes, like, the Netherlands and uh, uh, Italy. I can't remember who else is in it. Um, the uh, U.S. team's pool doesn't begin play, I don't believe, until this coming weekend, I think, on Sunday, maybe Saturday. Um, but the uh, World Baseball Classic uh, starts off this week. So I'm looking forward to that, too. The games are going to be all over the place. I think uh, uh, Fox is going to have them. Uh, Major League Baseball Network's going to have them. They're going to be on a couple of other outlets as well. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. As far as the Yankees go, uh, they win their spring training game yesterday. Uh, the bats on full display. They beat the Braves 10-6, but the Yankees had to do it with an eight-run ninth inning. They actually trailed going into the ninth inning 6-2. Uh, they come up with eight in the last inning. Um Charlie Morton started for the Atlanta Braves yesterday. If you're a Yankee fan, the thing you're concerned about is your big free agent acquisition, Carlos Rodon. Uh, pitches yesterday, gives up two bombs. Goes two innings, gives up six hits and five runs. Um, you know, look, that's what, it, it's what spring training is all about, right? You know, it's kind of like uh, the Phillies yesterday. Uh, they started Zach Wheeler, one of their top uh, two or three starters, and he gives up seven runs and seven hits in an inning a third. It's the kind of thing that you expect to see um, uh, in spring training games. If you're uh, Toronto, uh, Toronto tried something different yesterday. They tried with the, uh, the pitch comp system, having the pitchers call the pitches instead of the catchers or having them come from the bench. Uh, Jose Barrios did that uh, and uh, gave up two runs in the first <laughs> first inning. Uh, Chris Bassett came out in relief, pitched three innings, but he did the same thing. He ended up giving up a couple of runs. So uh, the uh, the pitchers calling their own pitches uh, didn't work so well for them uh, yesterday. But again, if you're the Yankees, you know Radon, you know gave up a couple of you know gave up some runs, but at the end of the day, uh, you don't worry too much about it. Uh, he is going to be probably their number two starter. Garrett Cole, of course, will get the opening day start. Uh, Luis Severino is going to be number three. And then after that, it's going to be some combination of Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt, uh, or Nestor Cortez. Whether Cortez is able to come back from that hamstring injury, he's a, he's a week or two behind uh, the rest of the Yankee pitchers. Uh, other baseball news, Bryce Harper is joining the Phillies this week. Of course, he is rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. Probably isn't going to be ready to play. They originally said the All-Star break. Most people think it'll be before that. He'll start out uh, coming back as a, a designated hitter. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll see. At least he's, he's coming back and will be ready to go. Oh, and speaking of the WBC and the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, Vlad Guerrero is, has pulled out of the WBC. Uh, he tweaked his right knee running the bases on Friday. 
Uh, so he has informed the Dominican Republic team that he will not be available, which is smart. And, and look, that Dominican team is loaded. They still have Rafi Devers, Manny Machado, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto. I mean, they are going to be able to mash. Uh, so that, that should be a lot of fun uh, to watch. Uh, one other sad note from baseball yesterday before we take a break. Uh, the Toronto, uh, excuse me, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays announced yesterday that their radio announcer, Dave Wills, uh, has passed away. Uh, at the age of 58. Uh, He had a a heart condition. He was hospitalized at the end of last year. He missed, I think he missed the last two weeks of the regular season uh, last year uh, with some heart issues and uh, uh, passed away yesterday. Uh, And matter of fact, they were the radio, the scheduled radio broadcast between the Rays and the Orioles yesterday uh, was canceled. And uh, Andy Freed uh, who has uh, switched off play-by-play and color uh, with Dave Wills is going to take over for the uh, Rays. But uh, 58 years old and uh, a guy younger than I am, and is as you know, is like every time you you hear things like that, you always you you, you, you hear that little clock ticking in your head, and you wonder, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm hope to be around to torture you folks for a long time yet. But uh, Dave Wills, uh, sadly, and he was very good at his job, you know, as. As a guy who was a baseball junkie like I am, when I'm in my car, I'm listening uh, to baseball games, everybody's games. So I get to hear all the announcers. Uh, and uh, Dave Wills was, was very, very good. So uh, that's a sad loss uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays franchise. It's 45 minutes past the hour. We've got to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 47 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a uh, Monday morning. Uh, in the NBA yesterday, the Celtics lose to the New York Knicks uh, 131-129 in double overtime. Uh, second straight uh, loss for the Celtics. The Knicks beat them uh, in New York, and then they turn around and they beat them in Boston. Um, for the Knicks, um, the guy was Emmanuel Quickly, 38 points, and uh, just kind of took over late in the game, shot uh, 15 for 28 in the game. Uh, and uh, a big game for him. Big game also for R.J. Barrett, 29 points, 11 rebounds for him. Uh, Celtics actually had a chance. Down two, they had the basketball, and uh, uh, Jason Tatum had the ball. I thought he was going to drive to the hoop, maybe uh, you know get the bucket, try to send it into a third overtime. Instead, they kicked the ball outside to Al Horford for uh, a three-pointer. And look, Al had shot the ball well. He was six for nine from three-point range before that final shot. He lined it up and hit the rim and bounced away, and the New York Knicks survived uh, beating the Celtics in that one. Jason Tatum, another 40-point game, 40 points, 11 rebounds, and six assists for him. Uh, Horford ended up with uh, uh, 20 points and 14 rebounds himself. Uh, He also had six assists in the game, Uh, but the Celtics – uh, fall a game and a half behind the Milwaukee Bucks now for the best record in the Eastern Conference. The Bucks yesterday beat uh, the Washington Wizards 117 to 111. Giannis with a triple double, 23 points, 10 rebounds, and 13 assists. Uh, the Bucks with six players uh, in double figures in this game, so uh, they have uh, taken a little bit of an edge over the Celtics in the Eastern Conference now. Um, the Phoenix Suns yesterday beat the Dallas Mavericks and uh, two old teammates, two guys that were teammates just a month ago, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving facing off, and Durant hits the game winner uh, in this one, throws down 37 points in the game. Durant, 37 points, seven rebounds, played 40 minutes, 
uh, obviously uh, fully recovered from uh, that injury. And uh, 36 points from Devin Booker as well. So uh, great bookends there for the Suns as they beat the Mavericks by four. Uh, as far as the Mavericks go, Kyrie, Kyrie threw in 30 points, uh, 30 points or 34 for Luka Doncic. Uh, so uh, a great game. Uh, and uh, the uh, the Suns get it. People are already talking about this is going to be a great rivalry. Uh, you know, let's calm down with that. It's a little bit early. Uh, this Dallas team is down a little bit. Uh, and uh, Phoenix uh, right now sits nine and a half games back. Phoenix right now the number four seed in the Western Conference, but playing very, very well of late. They are one of the hottest teams in the Western Conference, having won seven of their last ten games. Uh, NHL action over the weekend uh, yesterday. Uh, remember when uh, uh, Jonathan Quick got traded by the Kings? He was pretty pissed off. He got traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, the Blue Jackets turned around and traded him to the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, less than two days later. And he was in the goal yesterday for the Vegas, uh, for Vegas, and uh, gets the win as they beat the Montreal Canadiens uh, four to three. Uh, Ivan Barbashev uh, with a couple of goals uh, for Vegas, his first two goals. He was also a, t- a guy that was traded to Vegas at the trade deadline, and uh, the Golden Knights now regain the top spot in the Western Conference. Uh, with 82 points, another game from the Western Conference. Uh, Seattle kind of gets things righted a little bit. Uh, the Kraken beat the Avalanche yesterday, three to two in overtime. Uh, big win for Seattle and the Carolina Hurricanes yesterday put a hurting on uh, Tampa. Uh, Tampa, who is uh, uh, trying to chase down Toronto for number two in the Atlantic Division, Carolina beats them yesterday, six nothing. Ouch. Uh, Teravainen with three goals for Carolina in that one. Uh, the Bruins over the weekend on Saturday, Saturday afternoon, took on the New York Rangers, and uh, Boston just continues to roll. Uh, their 10th straight victory. 10-0 and 0 in the last 10. Tyler Bertuzzi, his first game with Boston, uh, had an assist. Linus Olmark, 24 saves. Olmark this year in goal for the Bruins has been uh, phenomenal, uh, 32-4-1. Uh, the Bruins improved to 26-2-3 and at home. Uh, just uh, uh, unbelievable. I mean, this is a, uh, a Ranger team that made some big moves, picking up uh, Patrick Kane uh, at the trade deadline. And uh, right now everybody is looking up at Boston and wondering what it's going to take. But, again, at the end of the day, you can have all the regular season uh, success you want. You got to do it at the end, and uh, the Bruins will be off until Thursday. A much needed rest. They have had a uh, a brutal schedule later, so uh, lately, so they will be off until Thursday. Uh, golf yesterday, Kurt Kitayama with picks up the win, his first on the PGA Tour, uh, a one shot victory at Bay Hill, uh, Arnold Palmer's old tournament, and uh, it was a five way tie with three holes to play, and uh, he he finished up strong, and he edges out Rory McIlroy. Uh, to win the Bay Hill yesterday. Uh, that is going to do it for us here this morning. One other thing to note, a, uh, a big loss in the music world yesterday. Uh, Gary Rossington passed away yesterday. He was the last surviving original member of Leonard Skinner. He passed away yesterday at the age of uh, 71. There was no cause of death given, but he had had uh, 
uh, some heart issues over the years. He had had a quintuple bypass back in 03. And in the last couple of years, um, even when he does perform, he's had to miss some recent shows. Or if he goes to a show, sometimes he performs for part of it and he'd have to sit out uh, other parts of it. Um, but look, uh, Gary Rossington is a guy that survived a car accident back in 76. He, he drove his, uh, his Ford into a tree, his Ford Torino he was driving, um, which actually inspired a, 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 a band song called That Smell. And then a year later, he survived that plane crash in 1977 that killed Ronnie Van Zant, uh, Steve Gaines, and uh, Cassie Gaines. Uh, he ended up with two broken arms, a broken leg, a punctured stomach, and liver. So uh, considering the car accident and then a year later that uh, airplane accident, I guess you could say that uh, Gary Rossington was on uh, borrowed time. But uh, uh, in his honor, on our way out this morning, we're going to play a little Give Me Three Steps by Leonard Skinner. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.